0: Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast, and I'm your host, Brendan O'Neill. I'm a Canadian expat living in Phuket, Thailand, and Fruiting Body is a medicinal mushroom company. Our intentions of this podcast is to connect with people living on the island and share their stories with you. This is Episode 2 with Glenn Sparve. Glenn is a Finnish MMA fighter training at Tiger Muay Thai, and on this episode, we'll discuss the ins and outs of MMA and how Glenn came from Finland to Phuket and what his next steps are and moving back to Australia. What got you into MMA from the get-go? I got into MMA probably
1: by like by accident. Or mm. I never planned to do MMA; it wasn't my plan. I just MMA just chose to do me. It was okay, just, just how it was. Uh, I wrestled a little bit when I was I was younger. I was I was athletic. Played soccer and did a lot of track and field, and I did wrestling like off season for soccer because mm. my dad believed it would make us better soccer players.
0: And also probably it's indoors, so yeah. And
1: I, and I was I was good at it. Like from the bell, I was just I was just it was just my thing. Mm. But I didn't really have time for it then. But then when I, I turned eighteen and. I lived in a city where I kickboxing, so I went to a kickboxing gym.
0: In in your small town?
1: Yeah, in my small town. Okay. I did that for probably a year and <laughs> a year or so, but I, I trained kind of hard and I Yeah. I got kind of good.
0: So th- you you were starting off uh, with wrestling first and then you got into ki- kickboxing yeah. from there. And then
1: we did, I think it was kickboxing from four to five and it was MMA from five to six. So that... They told me just just stay for this session, just stay for this. Uh.
0: But what what age was that when you started even wrestling? I like could quite a, like six, seven, eight. No, well, probably 10, 10, 11. Because your friends left some questions, so we'll ask those later. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, the think funny so. ones. I think I think they're funny pretty ones. funny. Uh, but we weren't sure if like if uh, anyone like why we were live streaming like tried to join in, and we were trying to find a way that like we could get them to the TV, and you could. That would be. Awesome <laughs> We were trying to figure that out But it's not so simple no. um, we, Did we figure that out or no? We didn't figure that out We didn't figure that out <laughs> Okay, next time Next time we'll figure that out Okay um, So so back to uh, your your getting started in MMA You started wrestling at, at 10 And then in your city There was a, a kickboxing class now uh, Was it at like one of the local yeah, gyms? or
1: One of the locals And kickboxing was kind of big in Finland And s- still is popular mm. so yeah i did that for a year and i just stayed for an mma session once
0: and i was kind of good okay because we took uh we took some notes i mean i'm from a small city as well so when you mention something everyone will know it by any chance like were you guys at the fenrick stall center is no. this is this is this Th-
1: that's from uh does
0: that ring a bell
1: yeah that's from my home village oh yeah, yeah. that's
0: okay i thought that might have been like maybe somewhere where you would have been doing it oh so this was like maybe
1: thirty, forty minute drive from from ah, okay. where I grew up. So yeah. Started that and after that it was just full on. My coach full told co- my <laughs> coach told me after like six months or that, oh, you're fighting in like four weeks. And I was like, nah, I don't really want to do
0: it. What age so you, you're starting wrestling at like ten or twelve and then around what age was uh kickboxing? Uh probably around nineteen. 19 18 19 yeah so what year was this you're looking 2009 2008 2007 2007 oh yeah, shit yeah it's way back so it's way back maybe even before yeah who knows oh wow so okay far. and then your first fight how old are you my
1: first amateur fight was it 2008 or...
0: 2008 in finland
1: yeah in finland in finland
0: yeah yes. oh, okay
1: so I thought, I fought amateur, because it was kind of easy fighting amateur. Then you didn't need all this. Today, it's it's too expensive. You need insurance. You need to pay a license. You need the, all the blood work, all the medicals. It's too expensive.
0: And you have to pay that out of pocket, right?
1: Yeah. You don't get paid to fight amateur like you do. Oh, okay. Some promotions do it like with ticket sales and stuff like that. But
0: So then you're you're picking up sponsorships around as you go, or you're kind of just paying they, out of pocket?
1: There were no sponsorships like you <laughs> did. You got a pair of shorts, maybe from like your local guy. Like okay. The local fight shop gave you a pair of shorts and maybe gave you some training gear, but don't know sponsors. Like.
0: Okay, because we were yeah. I was wondering, you're always wearing the the orange. Well, Canadian, the orange toque. So yeah. Trying that, to understand, is that is that a sponsor? Or? Yeah,
1: that was one of my first sponsors. First, I wasn't even sponsored with them. I just I used to just wear a hat when I wore out. I, uh,
0: and company. i
1: fought in Sweden. and I just they just started companies company, so. I, Put the hat on. Okay,
0: <laughs> I think that's like the yeah. the, the trademark now yeah. when you're coming out.
1: And they saw, they saw it on TV, and they were like happy. And it's like, yeah, ah, and they interesting. And that that's that's one of my close friends from back home in Finland.
0: What was the name of? Sorry, what was the name of that sponsor? Uh,
1: KM Roofing.
0: Oh, it's the roofing. K, ah, okay, KM Roofing. Okay. Yeah. KM roofing. okay. Yeah. So then you, you had a. I was, I was reading up into it. You had some fights in Sweden, Finland, Denmark, um, and then kind of how did that path leave? lead to coming to to thailand and and if i if correct me if i'm wrong you started actually off in chiang mai
1: yeah i did i had been in thailand already 2009 that was my first time to, to tiger muay thai and i was there for a month and i came home and i was like i don't ever fucking go to thailand again it was like no way i'm going there but i started to level up to a fight it was hard to fight and the fight after the fight i lost mm-hmm. i need to do something so i was like i need to get the fuck out of here
0: this is while you're in Thailand.
1: No, I was in in Finland. Okay, I was in Finland and, and I was still working full time and trying to fight, but I just needed a better training, so I, I just started googling around.
0: Were there other options that came that went into consideration, like USA, or how was it, how did you come across Thailand?
1: It was the only place possible to do it on the money I had. The money I had saved yeah. up would only last me that long in US, but in Thailand, I knew like it would last me a long time. Even if I don't fight during this time, I can survive on the money I have. But in US, I would have run
0: out like within a year. So a lot of people that you meet in Phuket, especially let's say on the, the, the Tiger Street or the Tiger Muay Thai Street, um, do they all have like a similar story as well? Just saying like, well, it's it, the money can go a bit farther for the training compared to, let's say, going to the US or, or, or whatnot? Yeah.
1: Just like, but many of them have like the same story as me. They don't have the same, same level training back home. Okay. And it's not possible if you if you're fighting at a certain level,
0: you need to train at a certain level. Like you need the same type of training partner. Yeah, you can't, you can't try to fight high level and train at a low level. It doesn't. I guess that goes with any sport, right? Yeah,
1: but. The training I had back home, it was my train. My coaches did everything for me. Like I didn't have a real training partners. My coach was my training partners too. Yeah. So they held pads for me. They they wrestled me. Like everything.
0: So and, you're at this kickboxing gym. You were kind of training MMA as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: they, they had MMA too, but it it wasn't the same level MMA you would find like here. Is like you weren't. Were you doing jujitsu there as well, or? Uh, no, I never really done jujitsu. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of like an anti-jujitsu guy. I don't know. I don't know why,
0: but you still to, and to this day, you've still never really. Touched yeah, jiu- I'm,
1: a, I'm a purple belt. Okay, and I'm still like decent at jujitsu. Okay, and I get good anti-jujitsu, but <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't ever training jujitsu. Okay, but we just trained MMA. So we were, we were strikers, and we
0: just. <laughs> you're just then, you're trying to survive by the yeah, striking it, is it? it was
1: more old school training back then you sparred five times a week or something like that you sparred boxing one day or kickboxing one day you sparred MMA one day, mm. MMA one day and wrestle one day that was how you trained
0: and then the and then you would get a fight like on the local uh, promotion in in your city yeah we
1: had we had a good local promotion like it was fun fighting because it was like a good atmosphere because it was local fighters that's
0: yeah, like everybody knows each yeah, other
1: that's what kind of brings that atmosphere but yeah so i found a lot like local promotions and then i got some calls from like denmark and sweden and, I, yeah. and then after that i was just like i just need to get better training
0: you're yeah, that's i'm guessing snooze you want some no no this one my my because i play hockey with a lot of finnish guys yeah. actually in china this one pff, right to my head yeah. especially if you don't take it too much but uh it's actually it's more Swedish than right. It's yeah, a, it is Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. It's banned right? in Finland. It's banned in fin- Finland now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fuck the European Union. <laughs> they say that. They said, "Well, you just, they just. Why would they do? Is it for health reasons? Or? Yeah, for health
1: reasons. But it doesn't make any sense. Is they should ban cigarettes then too.
0: It's probably much better than. It's probably the tobacco companies in their pocket. Yeah, it is.
1: Out. It's probably something.
0: Who knows? Yeah, because it's, I would assume that it, as a, especially as a fighter, that's probably much more healthier for you to take yeah. than smoking cigarettes all day.
1: Yeah. And it's more, but it, it is a bad habit. Yeah. It it's, it's a bad, but it could be worse.
0: Yeah. yeah no, no, no. Could I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, alcohol or phew, cigarettes yeah. alone, that's the, the worst. Okay. So you kind you come over to, to Thailand. You said the first time was 2008, 2009. Yeah. Is that when you went to Chiang Mai first and started training up? There, no. or you came to Tiger, Tiger first. Yeah,
1: to Tiger first, and trained there for just just a month. Just, just a as, month, just as a tourist.
0: And how was it, Tiger, back in the day? I mean, two thousand nine. What, how, what was the facility like back then? It was just tiny. It was
1: just, it was just like a typical Thai gym, a little bit bigger Thai gym. In the MMA class, we were maybe six people, yeah, around six people in the MMA class.
0: And you were training. Were you doing, uh, heavily focusing on the MMA side or or your Muay Thai side? Uh,
1: everything like I was so young then so I, I, I could just train three times a day and, and just, party all night <laughs> that was like going out the dangler <laughs> yeah. road yeah
0: so, so so 2000 so yeah you're probably what you're like 2021-ish yeah 2021 too young for Phuket yeah too young for Phuket that's pretty young I mean
1: that's what uh, that's a good thing with my my second trip to when I moved out to Thailand or came out to Thailand for the first time I went to Chiang Mai Yep. which was probably the better option for me. I think it would be a better option for most people that come into Thailand and are young.
0: Just to settle you down a yeah, bit so you can't get in too much trouble.
1: Yeah, Chiang Mai just, just teaches you a little bit, and then
0: you jump into Phuket and learn, like, the real life. And w- which gym were you at at Chiang Mai? Is it, is it a famous gym now? Uh, or Team Quest Thailand. Okay. Yeah, it's probably,
1: Yeah, I think it's the only MMA gym up there. There's some small, smaller MMA gyms, but, like... Only real MMA gym there. Is
0: it run or Farang run? Uh, farang. Frank yeah. Who who's running that? Uh,
1: right now it's uh, Dylan Fossil. Okay. He's a yeah one of the best coaches out there too. Okay. Like yeah.
0: And do you guys still stay in touch quite yeah, often? Or yeah
1: yeah we stay. I left on good terms. It was yep. just like I had a, I was defending like title my title in Finland,
0: hmm.
1: and they, they just said like, you need to go like to to a bigger gym like to to find some like.
0: To find the right partners yeah. to train with, yeah.
1: So you, you need to go to Phuket, but it's okay. You can come back here after, but I went back after because it was the same thing. Like I
0: would have just have to. Did you go back home after Chiang Mai and then come back to Phuket, or did you go Chiang Mai, Phuket? Chiang Mai, Phuket, and I went to to A K Thailand then. Okay. And I
1: was I was there for for a good uh, two years. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I saw a lot of your, your your videos that are available online. It's a lot of uh, pro- promo training videos at at yeah, AK, yeah. and that's with Mike Swick, right? Yeah. Okay. And how how was that experience? Or
1: it was good. Like when we started, when they started, it was good. Like we had big groups, everything was good. But it yeah. started like thin out a little bit. And eventually, like yeah, we had a little falling out, and I left. And
0: yeah. Okay. Well, we won't dive too deep into that because no. we know how the the the, the, <laughs> yeah. the the MMA world is small. Everyone kind of knows each other here, right, yeah, and whatnot. Is. So, you made the decision. Uh, you started. You started your. Now, were you sponsored at? You were sponsored at AKA. Yeah. Uh, you decided to leave. You moved. Did you make that decision immediately to go to Tiger Muay Thai? Did you go back home? Was there any in between time?
1: Uh, yeah, I went home. Or I knew after my last fight. Fight I had that year. I wasn't coming back to AK, I was going, I was going, going to Tiger because for me too, I needed to level up. Like I needed yeah. to get better, and it was that was the decision behind it. And that, that's it was, probably
0: the the key key factor. I mean, especially when you're training at MMA gyms, it's having the right training partners to be able to to level up. And that's why probably these gyms like American Top Team, Alpha Male, why they all succeed is the right people are there to train with.
1: Yeah, right people and and right coaches you, you need like
0: mm.
1: you need coaches in all the areas you can't just have nowadays you can't just have a, like a striking coach and a to coach it's, it's not enough like you need you need a full-on MMA coach wrestling coach
0: and and who who are your coaches at, at Tiger Muay Thai for like each specific area uh
1: well with MMA it's George and Frank Hickman yep. and that's that's kind of it like
0: yeah, and Tigers—it's getting quite. Uh, they're definitely on the map, I would say. In the past, like specific, especially in the past two, three years, with Valentina, Petriang, um, Volkanovsky. I mean, yeah. it's working there. What? Why? Why do you? I, I mean, I have my thoughts on why I think it works, especially being in Thailand. But why? Why do you think Tiger Muay Thai is so special? And they're pumping out all these these champions right now. They have
1: good coaching. They have good. Have a good system with it, and. It's like talent gonna bring talent. Yeah. You know, talent recognized talent is just how it is. Is
0: Yeah, I was kind of like my, my idea as well is like when you think of places, let's say top team, American top team in uh, Florida or Alpha Male in Sacramento. And, and again, I am not an MMA fighter, but I'm trying to look at look at it from the outside. I'm assuming that that Tiger Muay Thai has everything on one, on the street. I mean, you have your food, you have your housing, uh, you, the facility itself has everything you need and the beach is 20 minutes away. So when you're going to, you're not dr- running, dr- let's say you're not driving around the city, going to train jujitsu here, going yeah. to train, ki- train kickboxing here, trying to get back home to eat. It's, it seems like a lot of these gyms, let's say in the U S you're running around half the time instead of just kind of being able to focus. Do you believe that's true? And in, in terms of like Building champions and helping yourself become a better fighter.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. Like that's just It's so simple. You jump on your scooter and you are trading. ten minutes. Boom, you no home. traffic. Yeah, boom, you home. You you can stop and eat on the way, and it's cheap. Yeah, that's why people want to do training camps here. But yeah. a lot changing now too because it's getting more expensive here. It's not cheap here anymore.
0: But in terms of like rent and cost of living and yeah. food, yeah,
1: it's the prices are going up. Now mm-hmm. they they went back down in a bad way, but.
0: Yeah, that's you, what, do you think it would ever there would be like another location that it could move to in Thailand, like where it is? It could be a bit cheaper. I mean, besides going out to let's say Isan or something.
1: No, not right now because with flights available to Phuket too. Yeah, that's that's the main thing too. It's it's a lot of direct flights internationally to Phuket. Yeah, it just and, makes it easy. Yeah, it's just easier
0: and yeah, uh, everything is already built here. Yeah, even these places like Hua Hin. I mean even to get there, it's not so simple.
1: No, it's not. You, know, you got to
0: fly into Bangkok, drive three, four hours. and Yeah. And what about Bangkok training a, a, alone? Or is it just more, um, it's, it's good for the mind being in Phuket because of that island life.
1: Yeah. I don't want to live in a big city. I'm, I'm yeah. from a country like I couldn't live in Bangkok. Yeah. I think Bangkok have maybe a stronger, like MMA community that trains MMA. Hmm. But, here in Phuket is more, yeah, more foreigners.
0: And have, have you done any other training around Thailand? Like, let's just, just joining a gym, I don't know, because you had a week off and you're up in Bangkok, or have you always, now you're always at Tiger, doing the majority of your training there?
1: Yeah, I do I do some pad work at so, some Thai gyms here and there, and, and that's if I know a trainer that's maybe moved or something like that, then I gotta got around
0: a little bit, but otherwise, yeah, I do. Like um, some of the gyms down in Rauwai, like Powerhouse? Yeah, or-
1: Powerhouse, they now, have a great facility and yeah, yeah, good trainers.
0: Yeah, and it's probably a bit closer for you as yeah, well. Yeah, it's
1: close, it's walking distance from where I live.
0: Ah, okay. Oh, well, there's a good little rest there. It's, uh, it's like it's hey a vegan guys. restaurant.
2: Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I have Dan. Do you know DN White is asking a request here to join the live? <laughs> Do you know him?
0: Do we know him? I don't know.
2: Do you know him, Glenn? Who DN White yeah, I know him. You know him. Yeah, but he's not. Gonna, he's gonna. He's not a good guy. Should not, we accept
1: the request? We should, but I don't think he's gonna show his face because he's not made for camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the problem. Like he's <laughs> not gonna show his face.
0: I don't even know if we can get his face. And that's what we were trying to figure out. We want to next next time we want to be able to immediately like have him on the screen. He's
2: saying I'm, here it's Mad Glenn, isn't the UFC? <laughs> 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 no, it's we don't want to see his face. Like I'm telling you. <laughs>
0: Well we 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 need to figure out next time how, how to get them on. So at least we can get them on the TV. Um yeah. we'll do that on the next podcast. We're technically we're trying to figure it out yesterday. It's not so easy. Yeah, I can imagine. But we'll have some tell them, send some questions and uh maybe in a bit we'll we'll, we'll drop some bombs on them. <laughs> See what happens. Um so where are we? Uh yeah, we we're talking about training yeah. at Rawai Y and places like Powerhouse. Are there any other gyms, now, and, and before I, I touch on that, being a sponsored fighter at Tiger Muay Thai, are, is that something they kind of tell you to not talk too much about, or yeah, how does they, that work?
1: Yeah, you don't want to prom- you can't really promote out of gyms, like, it's not really fair, mm. if you're getting free training, you're getting, and I would always promote Tiger, because it is the best of MMA gym, you're not going to find a better yeah. MMA gym here. If you have the best coaches, like, it's, it's no doubt about that. But, I want to go do Muay Thai somewhere else a little bit, mm-hmm. hit some pads. Fuck, that's up to me.
0: That they're and that they're okay with that. It's not a problem. Yeah, but if they're not come tell me. Yeah. And how, how does does like being a sponsored fighter? Let's say for Tiger Muay Thai, how does that work? They're sponsoring you in terms of like you can come here, you can train. They give you they give you housing, they give you food. How does that work? Because I'm sure a lot of people, especially let's say that are not actually MMA fighters, they don't truly understand what what sponsored fighter. Completely encompasses. Just
1: looked like I took a long time to think of that one, but I just had to have some water. <laughs> but yeah, the the diff, I just got my. I just have free training. I don't have housing or or meal yep. plan or anything. Like that I just free training, and I never asked for anything more. and I don't want any
0: more. And That's you really have cool. full access to the facility as well. If you want to go in anytime, and yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Do what F- need. full access to like everything and. Yeah, that's all I need.
1: I live, I live out in Hawaii, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's still, do, yeah. uh, for you to go to the gym, what, it's 15 minutes or yeah, so? 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, 10-15 minutes. 10-15 minutes. And now with the rainy season and the motorbike, it's uh, not so convenient all it, the time. It's not. And but, what uh, what bike are you driving now? Uh, N-Max from Nina's car. N- N- N-Max from Nina's car. Yeah. Ah, I think I saw, where did I, I think I saw Khalil Roundtree repping them too.
1: Was he? Yeah. I think
0: so. Uh, yeah. I think so. No, they're good. And they gave, And is it the N, N Max 150? 55, I think. 155. Yeah. Okay, so that's good for the island. So you'd find here like half the time, like, I, I would say the 150s are, are most comfortable. Yeah, they are. Like, like, you don't need a 300cc. No, no,
1: I don't, you don't need, when you buy yourself a 155
0: is good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I was looking into, I saw, I was looking on Facebook for, a, like, I saw a T-Max 300 and it's just like, it's so unnecessary for the island. It is. And I was looking at, uh, one, you know, the PCX 50s as well. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, it's, it's when it rains here and uh, a lot of people aren't aware that like, especially if it hasn't rained for two months and then it rains, all that oil comes up and it's basically like a skating rink out there. Yeah, it is. You don't want some like one, you know, 50 CC, 100 CC, you know, little kicker. Yeah.
1: Especially if you like, if you're over five foot tall, then like it gets uncomfortable (laughs) on the small ones.
0: Yeah have Have you uh, had any knock on wood? My God, any accidents here? I I haven't had a single
1: accident. I mean, driving in Thailand for almost ten years, I never had an accident.
0: Okay, me too. So I'm kind of yeah. I don't want to jinx that either. No, fuck that. No, (laughs) yeah. It's uh. It's actually it's. It's quite safe. If, if you're comfortable driving the motorbike, it's quite safe. Yeah. And as long as you don't drive like a lunatic.
1: Yeah, but you still got... You can't drive too safe. You can't be like... No, no, no. You got to, like, hang with the traffic. You got to, like, find the flow.
0: What would you say is the difference between... Like, between, let's say, you, you were driving motorbikes in Finland as well?
1: Yeah, I was driving. Motorbikes. And what's
0: the difference, like, in terms of the mentality that you need to have here?
1: Here, you just need to have, like, you need to drive with a little bit of balls. Like, you need to just yeah. fucking go sometimes. Yeah. Like, you can't just, you can't, like, trying to, like, hesitate. You just gotta go. In Finland, it's different mentality. But now, when I come back home to Finland, I drive with the same mentality. <laughs> it, it works because everyone just told him back because nobody yeah. wanna crash. But here, like, I don't give a fuck. Like,
0: yeah, I find what I was—I don't know—I can't remember who told me this, but my advice is: don't, you don't, don't even use your mirrors. Don't ever look back. Just <laughs> like this is your peripheral vision. That's
1: not my advice. Oh, use your mirror. I use okay. your helmet.
0: Yeah, use use your helmet, but I mean, uh, don't. I never like do this.
1: No, never do that. I use no. the mirrors.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Use the mirrors, yeah. but don't be turning your no. head around, like because. You never know what's happening in front of you. They yeah. just slam the brakes out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: If you turn your head, then it's like...
0: <laughs> it's game over. Yeah,
1: it's game over. You got to just use your mirrors. And- yeah.
0: And uh, don't trust someone with a signal on because they <laughs> might not be turning. <laughs> no. You don't know. Yeah. Have you... uh I, I learned this about a year ago. When you, when you drive by somebody and they have their signal on yeah. and they... They obviously they shouldn't have it on, as we all forget to turn it off sometimes. And you drive by them, you do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've seen this. I had someone do this like a year ago. Go, what the hell is going on here?
1: But that's what you do. I think everywhere in the
0: world. Really, I've never, I never saw that until. And I've been in in Asia about eleven years driving motorbikes. Uh, I only saw it about like a year ago in Thailand. They're just kind of like warning you, like, "Hey, turn your turn your damn blinker off." Yeah,
1: but you live in China. They probably don't even have a blinker there. Yeah.
0: In China, well first in Shenzhen the uh, I was I was one of the last guys in all of the whole city of Shenzhen to have a gas scooter. Until the I was one of the last ones the cops finally got me. Um and then it went to electric scooters. So then when you get to the electric ones, they're like 120 volt, like I had like a fake Ducati. They're horrible like cuz the voltage is so strong that like there's, there's no gas, so when you touch it it like jolts once you get roll- going smoothly, it's okay. But um, they're super sketchy. But the the gas ones in China, China was more like sidewalk driving. Yeah, like if is. If, if there crazy. was a light, nobody cared, and they're like they would see sidewalks, so everyone's flying around yeah. on the sidewalks. Crazy. So you yeah you were in Sh- you were in Shenzhen and you were in Shanghai. Shanghai and, and you were, I saw Kunming. how was that experience? Did you go all by yourself? Did you go with a team?
1: I've been to China a few times myself because I go on a lot of these fights myself too. Because it's just the easier with like you don't have to yeah worry about someone else. So you just pick some guy there to corner me, and,
0: that's it. and that was that with Rebel FC,
1: with Rebel and with WLF, with AFC ones in China, and yeah. who else did we have? Reigning Power. That mm. was just one event.
0: And, yeah. Did you enjoy China, or was it pretty quick? Like, were you in and out within like a couple of days, or?
1: Mm, I've been on both. I've been like a week, I've been a couple of days, but I start liking China more and more. At first, I was like, "Oh fuck this! I just want to go home." Yeah. But then I've been to some like nice places, like I said, Shen- 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 Shenzhen, Shenzhen. And I like that city. It's kind of because it's a little bit more modern, a little bit new.
0: Yeah, it's, and they, it's they
1: speak a little bit or they understand a little bit English, like right?
0: that's yeah. They speak a little more English. I, I mean, at least it's close to Hong Kong. Yeah, so you can just cross the border, yes. and get a taste of like the Western life. So it's a, yeah, a lot better. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, Shenzhen's a cool city, but it's
1: but then the food in Kunming. Yeah, that was the best food.
0: I, I've never. What was it like? I've never been to Kunming.
1: It was a lot of a lot of noodles, like beef noodles, beef yeah. and noodles. That's it. West, that's what I ate for, like, <laughs> four days, I think.
0: Yeah, it's China. I mean, because it's such a large country, like, there's so many different food options there yeah. as well. I've, I've never had Kunming. Shenzhen is kind of, like, uh, the food's a bit... Um, because they, they used to be quite poor there. It was just a fishing village. Yeah. Okay. So the stuff that they can eat off of, it's a lot of, like, vegetables from, like, the lake. Like, wa, like water mushrooms and, and different types of... Uh, uh, root, uh, roots, sea roots, and stuff like that. It's a bit, it's a bit funky. Yeah, it doesn't sound. <laughs> doesn't sound that great now. Doesn't go on my menu. No, no, no. So, would you? I, I, guess now with travel bans, it's hard. But do you have plans or intentions to go back to China or where, where? Sorry, to China or where could your next fight maybe be? Or it's just too early to tell.
1: It's too early to tell. I got too much things going on now, yeah. and and probably not China because it's gonna be a while before.
0: Yeah, I don't getting, think they're opening up. Until we're getting any
1: visas there.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, I had I had a 10-year China visa. And um, then they just, they canceled them all. Really? Everybody. So if you had a visa to China, mine was a business visa. Um, they're amazing. You, you could get them like a couple years ago and you pay like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I heard that. Boom. And then you have a business visa. It's just to allow people to freely travel in and out. Yeah. Um, but then when... C word hit. We don't know how YouTube bans us if we say the wrong word, (laughs) but um, yeah, they basically uh, after, after the, the the epidemic. Yeah. They canceled everybody's visas. There's actually, I I had about four friends living here that were essentially like, we had a little WeChat group or WhatsApp group going. They were just uh, refugees here. They were here for a full year and they all had business in China and they couldn't get back in. They're all living in Surin. Some of them had kids and like, and even there's a family here still that still hasn't gone back in.
1: Yeah, I got a couple of friends that do that travel to Hong Kong for pilot jobs. So yeah. They're doing 21 day, days quarantine there. Yeah, it's crazy. In a room, like...
0: Well, no, have you seen the one by the Hong Kong airport? It's just a, like a giant warehouse. And yeah. And they put dividers.
1: Yeah, but they, they haven't been that bad. It's been like a tiny room with a bed.
0: 21 days. 21
1: days. Oh my God. I will lose my shit.
0: Yeah, and I heard now if you get the vaccine, it's like seven days. But I don't know. After I left China in 2016 and came here, I've I went back once, and that was enough. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not an easy. It's a really cool place to visit and travel, but to live, yeah, it's really difficult, especially if you don't speak Chinese and the food as well. And the pollution is crazy.
1: But it's the same thing with Thailand. Yeah, it looks amazing, but living here is not that easy. It's easy, but. Not as easy as it, like.
0: Depending, yeah. I guess. Phuket makes it easy. Yeah,
1: Phuket. Yeah. But people that come here, especially fighters too, they think it's going to be, oh,
0: it's going to be easier. But, no, nah. There's, I, I think it's just because for me personally, so I lived in Taiwan. I, I saw you fought in Taiwan. Yeah, like, I used to live in Taiwan as well. I lived there for about a year. Uh, I was in a city south of Taipei called Shinju. I lived no, there for a year. Yeah, no fucking. Yeah, it's but Taipei. Everyone just knows Taipei. Yeah. and I I saw that. That's where you fought the Korean. Yeah, I fought two. I fought a Korean. Jun Junyoung Park. Yeah, I fought two Koreans. Yeah. In the same week, or no. you went two separate times.
1: Yeah, two separate times.
0: Two separate times. Okay. Um, I I watched that fight last night. it, it was in interesting fight this guy I mean he was quite powerful do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that fight what your mentality was going in your game plan maybe what happened uh there was
1: not much game plan it was a short notice fight just like 10 days too mm. and but I just heard that his opponent had pulled out so I called and I called a pro and I told him like I take the fight because I need the money or like yeah I need the money but I felt like yeah i could probably fight okay because I've been training pretty okay but
0: I had a lot of weight to cut, so that was a. Uh, what was the weight limit? One eighty five. Yeah, one eighty five. So what were you cutting? About fifteen. Kg. Oh, pounds. <laughs> pounds, now. Oh, and kg. So you're in, you're in, fighting in pounds. Or you or kg? Yeah, it doesn't KG, matter. Kg is probably easier
1: for me. I was probably around. Hundred when I took the fight.
0: Hundred kg.
1: Ninety. Nah. No, ninety-seven. Around ninety-seven when I took the fight because that's my.
0: Walking weight,
1: yeah. Walking weight, yeah. So, yeah, about five weeks, maybe twelve kg. Twelve kg, yeah, but it's not that much. Like for me, it's it's kind of normal. I cut a lot of weight. It it wasn't it was an issue. It was it was struggling, but it wasn't an issue. It was just so yeah. n- naturally, you hold a lot of water. I the... do hold a lot of water naturally, like, I and cut then a lot you of, can yeah, always been. That's why I fought at welterweight too. Like,
0: I, I could just do it. So a Welterweight, when you're cutting down there, what's that like? You're cutting like 15 kg or more? No,
1: because I was even heavier than I was. When I started one, my, my last fight in Finland, I think I started at maybe 107 kg.
0: 107? Yeah. With a six-pack or no? With no six-pack. Still <laughs> wasn't
1: even close to a six-pack. It was just a big pack. <laughs> yeah, and no, I was just big. as Yeah, just came back from Finland.
0: Christmas, yeah, you go... Oh, okay. At, you had the Christmas pounds on.
1: Yeah, and then... But I was younger, and my body just allowed me to do things that... I think at that age, it's okay. At that age, it's, yeah. it's okay. Once you're, like, a little bit older, then it's...
0: After 30, things yeah, get... I, it's not so easy. Oh,
1: fuck it. Yeah.
0: So you, you you had a quick 10 days notice. You had to cut about 10, 12 kg yeah. for that fight, and then... fight um, week. yeah. Was there, was there much preparation for that during it like were you when, when you're preparing for a fight in any aspect are you watching a lot of tape on the guy or are you kind of just doing your own thing and focusing on your own skills
1: uh i just it's so short time to like just gotta focus on what you can do and just gotta go in there and hope you fucking can do it yeah and that's it like and i usually i just train because it's not much else to do like you notice that when gyms are closed here like what else you got to do
0: yeah, in Thailand, I mean, it's I I've stayed at the Tiger Muay Thai Street about two years ago. Yeah. That's that's the benefit of staying on that street or nearby. There's nothing else to do. Oh. So you you get up at I remember getting up at like seven thirty in the or six in the morning. Training at like seven thirty eight. You kind of eat. You have a nap. You might you know go yeah. for a massage and then you train again at like three or four. Yeah, and like that's it's a job. That's your that's the day.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of easy. So I'm always. Kind of shape, yeah, but I just I just got hit too much in the first round. Like I just couldn't judge after the first round. I didn't know where I was anymore. I have no memory yeah. after that. It looked uh... I didn't even know where I was. I got him down at one point, but when I got him down, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what to do. I was like, "Oh shit!" But I knew in the end, like I just gotta fucking get him somehow. I just knew I, I just trying to get him, like. But
0: yeah, he <clears> came <throat> out. You, it looked like you kind of. You, came out swinging and he just kept throwing straights down the middle. Yeah.
1: That's what he did.
0: Yeah. And just kind of just holding that. Um, and I saw, I think you, I think I saw in your corner, you're there with George Hickman.
1: Yeah. George Hickman and Ryan, my, my old friend from Team West. Okay. So I always I usually bring him with me. Cause he's always my corner man. Like, cause he's not an MMA fighter or anything or an MMA coach, but he can hold pads and you know, he knows what I want to hear and he knows what, mm. what I need. So I usually bring him.
0: Yeah. So it looked. It looked like I wasn't sure, and I think the announcer said it too that between after the first round, your game plan changed a bit. It looks like you were just trying to shoot and, and get the takedown.
1: No, after the first round, I got to sit down a little bit and like maybe like my brain came back for a while. Is yeah, that, that's <laughs> maybe you come out a little smarter. Yeah, and yeah, I got a little bit, but once you start getting tagged again, like you just don't know where you
0: are. And is is that maybe you can explain that a bit for people that don't understand? When that happens, like around, like that first round, it looked it, you were getting pieced up, and then like when when you come back from that round, you're saying you completely forget the rest of the fight.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. Because after to get hit that hard too, like your brain take a lot of damage. So yeah. Like you just got to do something to protect itself. Mm. I don't know what it does, but you can't like. Hard to judge any distance, so you just keep getting tagged and making it worse. Because mm. distance, I don't know why it gets so hard to judge. But
0: to judge like the depth, uh, maybe the depth perception. Yeah, after you've been after you've been
1: hit or after you've been like knocked down, when you yeah. get up. It's hard to see where the other guy is. So I, I just I just kept getting fucking
0: punched. And, punched and is that is that normal for you as a fighter? I've I, pro- I watched about five of your fights and nothing like what happened. That fight was pretty intense. But you never dropped. You kind of, you stay on your feet. Is yeah. that normal for you? Your chin is quite strong in that sense?
1: No, normal. I, I get dropped, like I get dropped once. And after that, I'm kind of back. And after that, just, I just stay kind of solid. Mm. But I just need to take that first drop. Yeah. <laughs> just, no, you didn't drop that at no, all. No, I, I didn't, but I was probably like pretty wobbly there for a
0: while. At the, I think the at the very end, there was about, the bell kind of was lucky. It was a bit wobbly at the end.
1: Yeah. But the could, first round. Yeah, yeah. it could have been so and
0: yeah and, and what about for, for fighters especially um being being hit like that do you do you guys do like a, like a CT scan after is there any follow-up checkups like throughout your career to make sure everything's okay no I don't
1: it's no CT checkups in like these promotions you can't because that you're paying that out of your
0: pocket yeah not the but I mean have have you looked into that before is this something that crosses your mind
1: I have and it crosses my mind because I have taken a lot of damage, but yeah. also after a fight like that, after that fight, I didn't spar, not even for my next fight. I didn't spar a single session before my next fight, just to stay safe. Just to just to stay safe, and then for my next fight again, then I spar. I like spar again, but if I've been if I've been punched, I'm not doing anything that like create any kind of like movement. Mm. Like even running, even running is it's impact. Yeah, like you got to stay away from that.
0: So how how much high impact? like training in general would you take off after a fight like that like six months or
1: after a fight like that yeah probably
0: but so, and
1: yeah but i will probably fight but i wouldn't actually train for a fight but that's because what you're gonna do the money's not gonna last you six months yeah so you gotta fight again it's, it's, it's nothing else to do all the experts and like People on Twitter can say whatever
0: they want. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean but this is. The, there's also the reality.
1: Yeah, you got to You got to fight. That's it. Yeah, your you got you to you
0: like, eat. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, there's no. when are am at my level two and where I'm from, like it's not that much sponsors that like get you through. Yeah. They they don't cover that much of your your life. You gotta you gotta fight.
0: And then that, that's something. Uh, I've I've been a pretty big MMA fan. I would say since about 2012. So. I'm uh, fairly well versed in it, but I, what I was trying to understand that that's even new to me is understanding the journey of someone getting into MMA and how that works from, let's say, your local promotions to maybe your bigger promotions like Rev, Rebel FC. I mean, as high as one in Bellator and UFC, that's something else. But any other fighters that are, let's say, still, maybe they're they're... They're still on their local promotion. Is there a certain like pathway or journey that they, you know, almost like a recipe that if you do this and you do that, or you need to meet the right people that it can take you to this higher promotion. Is there a recipe behind that? Or is it, is there a lot of luck behind that? How does that work?
1: Yeah, there is a recipe. I definitely not didn't use the recipe, but there is like, especially today you need like, you need to build a build social media and you need a good manager. Okay. And yeah, you need to be talented. And then you just need to find a good coach. And they should get you
0: where you want to go. But I mean, you still, you started kind of before MMA was MMA, what it is today.
1: Yeah. When I, even when I started like training, it was, we still had headbutts legal in Finland in MMA. Mm. So it wasn't,
0: it was not really. Yeah. It's not as well, you know, fine tuned yeah, as it is today. It was Walletudo back then. But.
1: MMA was different, but we didn't get paid much. Maybe I got 150 euros for my first fight. Yeah. And nowadays,
0: yeah. So if, if you could go back and tell, you know, Glenn in 2009, would that be the, the the advice you would give them? Find the right coach, find the right trainer, find the right uh, uh, manager from the beginning?
1: No, it wouldn't, wouldn't made a difference if I would go back and tell myself, I wouldn't, I would just do it my way anyway.
0: Okay. Like,
1: but, If I would tell someone else, I would say, yeah, get a good manager and get a good coach and start building on social media.
0: Because, I mean, even, let's be honest, social media, I mean, pretty much Facebook really opened up 2008, 2009. And and social media has only really taken off in the past, what, five years, four years. Yeah,
1: you didn't need to have, like, fighters page, things like that. Like, nobody had that. But it was just different. You weren't... You weren't fighting to put photos up on Instagram or things yeah. like that either. I went, had a fight on Saturday. I went to work on Monday, so mm-hmm. it was like a different life back
0: then. There's no like real protocol. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, okay. Um. And and your last fight I saw, I it was uh this guy R- Riddick. I think you beat him in the first round. Uh, Shannon Rich. This this is and this was that in Shanghai. No, it was in Moscow. Sorry, Moscow. My fault. Got some notes mixed up, but so in in Moscow, but that that was a pretty quick fight. It seems like you you uh, took him down pretty much, and you did the calf slicer. The calf slicer, yeah. yeah he, t- calf he tried slice.
1: to like, take me down from the bell, and then I just For, I just got one hook in, and I was gonna start choking him, but like he had a big ass neck on him, so I couldn't get my arms in, and I was just I saw that some was there, and I was just I just started laughing when I had the foot. I just knew I had it. I just—it's just one of these things I get once here and there.
0: The position was—I mean, that's a quite—it's quite a rare submission to get in in U.S. in an MMA.
1: It is, but it's probably like the the second or the third submission I learned. Okay. In my in my like in my life, so. It's almost
0: like you have a triangle on the calf. Yeah. And then you're pulling it down. Yeah,
1: it's like a sambo move.
0: Yeah, because then I saw you flip the back. And it was so quick for him to tap. Like you it, know, when you, have that,
1: when you get a foot there, you just know you have it. So it's just yeah. like, and I was laughing. It's, I get, it's a photo there, too, and I grabbed it? foot. <laughs> ah.
0: I mean, it's yeah, I, there's probably only a handful of, ca- let's say, calf slicers yeah. that have probably been.
1: I need that win, too, because a couple of weeks before, three weeks before I was in Senegal.
0: Yeah, I saw that fight.
1: I yeah, I lost there, and I was like, but I knew I was fighting again in three weeks, but.
0: But that Senegal fight, I was watching that one. You were, uh, man, just because you're, you're winning the fight. I was winning the you're fight. You're on top of him, but it looked like uh, you got, you just got caught.
1: I just got caught and that was it. Yeah, I, I didn't think he had it, but he just had it.
0: And it was strange because he didn't, if you I was, if you're watching the replay closely, he didn't lock up the triangle. No, like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't overlap uh, and pull it down, but it looked like he was just cranking on your head.
1: He gets that, he got probably like three wins on that way. And yeah. I knew about it, but I didn't think oh, can be that cool.
0: Yeah, because you you had uh um you had top position. You weren't full mount, but you're in the guard. You're on top of him. It looked like you, you had control, and then it was really it was quite quick. Yeah, it was. like uh, what five ten seconds, not even before. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was promotion is the Aries, A R E S. Yeah. So this is I was reading. This is like a African European type of fight promotion. Is yeah. this still going on today?
1: They're probably on hold now because of COVID, but. They were doing their next show in Belgium. Think, okay. Because they wanted to do shows in France because of the legalization. But something happened with them.
0: Because uh, it just opened up in France. Yeah.
1: But, and then COVID hit. So it's kind of yeah. hard
0: doing any events right now. Yeah, because your last fight was what? January yeah. 2020. So we it, have we have a question here, Glenn. Uh, if you could choose which
2: promotion would you choose to fight? Pride. 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 It's your ah, favorite. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Is that more for the history and being able to fight? Like if you went to Japan and.
1: Yeah, because of the rule set and everything, like the show, the show behind it and yeah. the walkouts and everything, the introduction and how they like treat you.
0: Just. Mm. But, yeah. but pr- Pride is, it's it's not around. A no, it's Rising. No. Rising,
2: it's not the same, but.
0: Rising, yes. Uh,
2: that would be cool too.
0: It's where the MMA was born, right? Yeah, with the yeah. um, kind of. With Fe- Fedor was huge in pride. Yeah. I think even Cormier was at pride. No, no, he was Strike Force. No, yeah. Strike Force. Yeah, but
1: a lot of legends come, came from pride. Yeah. The, yeah. Noguero. Uh, Nogero Brothers yeah. and Phil Baroni. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have? Grace. Yeah. Mark Coleman.
0: Mark Coleman, yeah.
1: Randle- uh, Randleman. Randleman. Chuck Liddell.
0: Yeah, and they all came from pride and then came to UFC. Yeah.
1: And they, they had some like UFC both prize, so they did some like cross promotion there,
0: too, yeah, yeah,
1: back in the days. But
0: so, you would you it's it's right, Ry- Rice yeah, you would that would be one of your preferred They, They only do the events in Japan,
1: yeah, they only do do events in Japan, and they did a cross promotion with Bellator, too, was it a couple of years ago,
0: okay, so yeah. And do they ha- do a lot of people for those Japanese promotions, let's say and um. Would they be training in Japan, or they're going to be training, like say, in Thailand, or, or it, are there facilities in Japan for that?
1: Right now, I think they're just training in in Japan. I'm not really sure what they're doing, but they're doing a lot of kickboxing fights too. And Japan still got high level kickboxing,
0: and and probably quite expensive to live in Japan as well in China. Yeah, yeah, probably not,
1: yeah. But Japanese fighter mostly do their camps in at home. Like you don't see a lot of them coming out here.
0: They stay, yeah, yeah, I guess I haven't seen many Japanese. In- a
1: couple of them come out come with a tiger, but yeah, quite a few, compared to like how many it is,
0: yeah. Maybe more comfortable as well, because most yeah. Japanese, they don't speak English. I mean, not to say they all don't, but I've, I've been to Japan five years ago, and yeah, yeah not many people speak English. Over. Yeah, no, but they're so friendly. Yeah, they're so friendly, yeah. and the food's amazing. Oh, yeah, it is. My God, especially the quality. I was in Tokyo and then Sapporo up in the north, Oh, the food is amazing because you get a lot of, uh, uh, especially up in the north. That's where the, like the this this Kobe beef is coming from and whatnot. Yeah, oh, unreal, unreal. Um, what about your thoughts on like uh, one championship? Is that have they reached out to you ever? Or
1: yeah, we talked to them a- already when I came came to to Thailand back in the days 2012 13. There they were. That's when they started up kind of starting up and they were signing everyone. So I got offered some contract then but it was just not the contract wasn't in my favor, so
0: Yeah.
1: I wasn't really interested in it. There've been some talks here and there but yeah. It's it's a lot of a lot of other stuff going on with one too. if you Yeah, just read the news.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not all all, all sunshine and rainbows there. and who knows if it's uh these promotions, especially like Bellator in one if, uh, uh what's the word? <laughs> Steroid use, let's say. It's it, like, I, I believe in those, it's a bit.
1: Yeah, with with drug testing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it's not it's not the same.
1: In Bellator, it's just depending on commission, like where they fight to. Ah, okay. Some of them like, when they're fighting in the US, the commission is going to come in and test. That's just how it is there. But in one, there's no commission. Like, you can't. They're just running. You can't have drug testing if you don't have a commission. That's like, yeah. it doesn't make.
0: Well, they don't do the weight cutting. That's, that's one they of They do the
1: weight cutting. They just check it in a different way. It's just. It's like a percentage of your. Yeah. It's hydration test. Yeah. And, hydration. And yeah. yeah, you're allowed to weigh in at a certain weight or like above the limit, mm. like above the official limit. So, but there's still weight cuts. Yeah. It, it didn't end weight cuts. Maybe it's, not as harsh weight cuts anymore, but still wake cuts there. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they didn't take that away. But
0: so, yeah. so, so what? What is the next? Um, do, do you have? What is your plan? What are the next steps for you, like in terms of your professional career in MMA?
1: My next step is a little bit unsure yet, but I'm going to Australia in June. Yeah, and sit up there for a while. Yeah, because you, you have the, the the baby on the yeah way. I have a baby on the way, so I gotta yeah. go. I gotta yeah go there and yeah, and I set myself, I set the baby and family up, and yeah, start coaching a little bit. Co-
0: the, coaching on the Gold Coast, yeah. And are there there's some gym? I used to uh, I lived there 2008. Yeah, but there are there a lot of MMA gyms open there yeah, or
1: yes, yeah, since 2000, 2008, uh, yeah, heaps of them come. Oh wow, like and. MMA is growing fast in Australia. there
0: and um, there are I th- well they have the AFC as one of the promotions. Do they have a few other bigger promotions uh, that are going on?
1: Yeah, AFC, Eternal Hex, uh Urban Fight Night, and they have a, a lot of local promotions too going. So it's not they have yeah, that and they have events happening right now cuz
0: they're they, still running.
1: Yeah, it's they're running now because they close the border pretty early, so they didn't yeah. have like bad. They have live audience at like foodie and
0: especially on the Gold Coast. There's a lot of venue options. I yeah, mean, it is. they even have uh, they have a casino out there as well, yeah. and I'm sure they they could run something out of that. Broad, yeah. I think it's Broad Beach. Yeah, Broad Beach. Yeah,
1: yeah. usually Eternal that promotion. They the broadcast on UFC five Pass too. They do the shows out in gold yeah. and,
0: and does that? And I'll, I'll just jump into that that point as well. I. I that um, those promotions that are on the UFC fight pass is that a, a good let's say a stepping stone to to be seen like for example is does UFC give favor to promotions that are on their fight pass compared to other ones that are not that are not let's say from a scouting perspective
1: yeah I think it makes it easier like for them to get access to that like maybe that fighter but I still think you need need to perform like mm-hmm. you need you need something big you not just go there and grind out a three round decision and you think oh i want to yeah. fight on ufc on five pass. like it's not enough like you need to do something big otherwise
0: but no- doesn't that affect the way that you're going to prepare and go into the fight it's like uh okay so for, for example um the fight that you you had in in taiwan you came out swinging and i'm thinking i'm like he just wants to get the fucking knockout yeah but probably if, if let's say you're already in those promotions you might not fight that way because you're there so like do you find that that pressure affects the way that you'll 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 take on your next fight because you're looking for like a crazy knockout for a, your highlight reel no
1: if you if you're letting that pressure get to you and you start going out looking for right, you're not going to get with it very far like mm-hmm. you're going to stop because that pressure going to be on you like once you like hit like four and oh five and oh, everyone sees as a prospect everyone wants you like to do something big yeah. if you want to do something big you gotta do it again because everyone expects that but you can't get let that get to you, you just like gotta stay on like your own track if you want to like if you want to go far you're just gonna like stay on track and stick to game plans like cause coaches they don't care if you get a highlight reel They'll, they just want you to win they don't care how you win yeah you just fucking go and win so whatever they say like
0: yeah yeah, you I mean you're still trying to to uh, at least get the win. So y- when you go to the Gold Coast, do you have some some potential gyms s- set up where you think you'll you'll be training out of when you get there and and uh and even from there like maybe your ideal uh fight promotion say plan to to to, to start fighting there as well? Do you have any plan ar- ar- around those lines?
1: Yeah, we're going to be, be working with CMBT. Okay. That's out there. And with fight promotion and stuff like that, I don't really care. Like, I just, I just need to fight something. Like, yeah, I won't. I need something. I need to compete. I need to fight. I just need that drive. Yep. So I don't really care. Like, I just need to fight something. But then, depending on my time schedule and stuff like that, what, how much this baby is keeping up at night? I gotta see. Yeah, like, I think uh... when can I fight next? Like. Is is a different?
0: Yeah, your hands are going to be tight
1: a bit for a year. No, I don't want to give it a year. Like that's kind of too long. I, I yeah. still want to, I still want to fight. Like as soon as I can get like proper training going again and it And
0: how how do you define proper training? Like from uh, an MMA athlete, like could you kind of explain that? Like what is proper training and even beyond and above and beyond? Like uh, your your own expectations. Should you be getting up at five in the morning running? How, how does like a, uh, what, what would be the, the, the best type of training, uh, performance or even your, your day to day? What are you doing exactly?
1: That just depends on the athlete too. Like what that is so individual, but you probably need two training sessions a day, five days a week, maybe one session on Saturday. I need to be able to stay consistent mm. and not be like, just over training all the time, training like smashing three, four sessions a day, and just being tired. But you're staying consistent, consistent, and you're getting like proper, like good quality rounds in, and you're like you're feeling, you're feeling good. You're not just like half injured and that, yeah. and, and you you're still getting getting your strength working, you're getting conditioning working.
0: Do Do you use any? Uh... Any technology to, to monitor that? Like, I know there's some technology out there that you can wear to bed and then it can tell you your stress levels and how much energy you have that day and how hard you should be training. No, I don't. I,
1: because when I say I don't believe in them, yeah, it's just my opinion. I don't believe in them. Like, I think you need to learn to understand, like, your body too. Like, you just trust in these apps, like, these apps saying I'm tired or I should rest. What if you're not? Mm. But if like you need to learn like and now? I'm I'm so old I like overreached so many times I, I felt like oh fuck I need I need a rest day now like I have a yeah maybe an active recovery day like you need to learn learn how to feel that like, yeah you can you can follow your heart rate and stuff like the resting heart rates but don't just trust that app saying you're tired or app
0: saying you're not tired like you need to listen to your body and learn. Do you think some of the, this technology and these apps are 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 becoming uh, you know too empowering on the fighters like they're listening to them too much. Do you see people in your gym that start yeah. you know they're too <laughs> dialed into let's say the technology?
1: Yeah, I see too many like too many gadgets, too many folks on on that instead of like learn how to fight. Like yeah. that's why you you don't need to learn how to like all these things and they put in too much energy into stuff that they don't need yet. Maybe for when athletes get older too, maybe they need more, maybe they need more like gadgets and stuff like that. But, yeah. but for younger athletes, they just need to learn to understand their own body and they need to learn how to fight and get good at what they should be doing.
0: And when, when you have a day like it could be even midweek, like a, whatever, a Wednesday or a Thursday. And if you just feel like it's a day of recovery, do you just take it off based on how your body feels that morning? Uh,
1: yeah, or I do some lighter sessions. I can go in and do like a just a, a boxing sessions, which is quite. E- it's not easy, but it's, it's still like easy on the body. You go in and, and do yeah. like boxing technique for an hour in the mornings, and yeah, that's been a good class, especially at Tiger just coming in and do that. And you take maybe the rest of the day off, or just go for a, a longer walk or something.
0: Yeah, outdoors and yeah, and and. Do you do any uh, like ice baths or any type of this recovery or i know they have the apex center down there in in uh, rawai where it's the the what is it cryogenic like the spray freeze
1: yeah they do but i don't really use i i use the ice bath here and there but i don't i don't overuse it yeah. like like every day or something like i go here and there when I, when I really need it you need to have like that one lifeline too like if you start using something too much it's like it doesn't give you the same thing you need to like for the special occasions if you know what
0: I mean yeah like with everything come too dependent on it as yeah. well
1: but saunas I use weekly and I'm from Finland too yeah. so we have a sauna at our home and
0: you, where there's saunas at Tiger Muay Thai or where you where are you using the saunas
1: usually around Rawai somewhere close to home just
0: Rawai because yeah. there's that new have you been to the facility it's in Rawai I think it's called Fresca or something it's that a massive new new facility I haven't uh, been there yeah, I went there uh in October. It's got um it's got not an ice bath, but a cold bath, a mineral mineral ba- really? bath, steam room, sauna and uh it's this really strange room where you go in and the wall is ice. Oh yeah, like an ice room. Yeah, but it's not really that cold. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I've seen them around here in Asia. Unless you, like, I, I still don't understand how those work. Like, what do no. you lay on the ice? I mean. Yeah, I don't realize that either. That one I didn't get. But definitely, they, they don't have an ice bath, but it's a cold bath. It's still probably, I don't know, 15 degrees. So it's cold. It's yeah. definitely cold. But um, especially, I get knee problems anytime. I put on, put on about 10 kg in a couple yeah. of years, just being a fat ass, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but I find it helps with, like, uh, joint pain and whatnot. Yeah. And inflammation. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And um, we we were talking a little bit earlier. So the athletic, uh, let's say, uh, in your genetics, it also runs in the family. You were saying your brother is the the head captain of the Finnish national f- uh, soccer or we'll call it football, football team.
1: Yeah, my brother is a professional soccer player. He plays in Greece. Yeah right now. And yeah, he's the
0: captain for the national okay, team. And what what's his name in case people want to look him up online? Uh, and- Tim Sparv. Okay.
1: Tim, yeah.
0: And Tim. he uh, it, it when if Finland like let's say goes to the Olympics or the World Cup, he's playing for them. If Finland
1: goes to the World Cup <laughs> <laughs> We just made it to the yeah to the Europeans. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of a big thing for us. So Let's not put the work up there yet. No, but not yet.
0: And he's, he's younger than you? or No, he's older. He's older than yeah. you? So do you have any other brothers or sisters? I mean, it seems like the the athletic gene runs in your family, or is your, your parents, or your grandparents. Were they athletes as well?
1: Yeah, well, my parents, my dad played soccer. My mom did track and field. Okay. So my sister, when she was younger, she'd track and field, and I have an older brother too. So he's done a, yeah, he tried a lot of sports.
0: And everyone's training, training sports?
1: Everyone is kind of athletic-like. And yeah, my, my brother too. Like, could just picked any sport he and he would be
0: professional. Sure. And and you're you're from um, the the small town Oroves. Yes, us I don't I can't do the the Finnish no. accent. us Now this small town, you're for generations, your family has come from this area. Yeah, from and, my mom's side. And and, and what on. were they doing? Let's say for the past fifty years, I read a lot in. There's a, it's predominantly like fur trading and there's some manufacturing as well in yeah. for, forestry.
1: Yeah, they've been in yeah, forestry farmers.
0: Forestry farmers. Yeah,
1: so fur trading, fur trading with jobs. Because it for a long time it was like the biggest,
0: biggest. And is that still what type of fur? Fox and fox fur. And mink. Okay.
1: And because of the what's been happening now too, because in in Denmark, which was the other Nordic countries that allowed like fox farming and fur farming they had to like they had to like put them all down because they were catching COVID and they were spreading COVID so they had to put all the fucking
0: the animals the were, animals yeah the animals were catching COVID yeah. and wow and that was tested yeah and proven yeah wow
1: so I think they had to put them down and now Denmark banned fur farming and in Finland too a lot of them is shutting down because it hasn't been that good business because China been started making their own fur
0: oh ah, okay so how, how over the past, has this affected your entire, like your town over the past yeah. 10 years? Have you, have you seen, what have you seen changed exactly?
1: It was a lot more jobs before there. Yeah. It's like, it was, we had house factory. we had like, it was a lot of jobs, we had a hotel, but all that, you don't know if it's because of the, well probably because fox form, farming like brought in that much money or like fur farming brought in that much money huge impact but it's also yeah it is there's a lot of resistance against it too
0: I mean from the like say the animal activists as yeah, well yeah. I'm sure you get
1: it it doesn't look pretty
0: yeah no I understand and, and so. the, how, how does that that fur farming work it's a uh, um, these farms they're, they're being bred for that or yeah just bread you want some water or anything we can get some yeah I can have some yeah there, please. it's okay we can switch yeah, so they um grab some water too. It's uh is the the land of, of your town is it is it's quite large like it's it's, yeah, it's I, farming land and then at these these fox farms these people are um they're breeding the animals for the fur. Is yeah. it I'm assuming it has to be somewhat humane in in, in a sense. <laughs> not really, but
1: I'm not I'm still not against it because business is business like what well, i mean
0: how these people also have to survive so i mean yeah
1: business is business like and people are gonna get their fur no matter what if we stop doing it or not like they're gonna do it in china and that's not humane
0: yeah they're gonna do it anyway
1: yeah someone someone's gonna make making the fur like it's just how it is it's always it's always it's a luxury like it's always yeah. gonna be like requested
0: were you involved in it uh, at any point when you were a kid growing up? Or even, you said you went back there and you were doing some work as well.
1: No, I never really been had any jobs in fox farming or like fur uh, farming. But yeah, a lot of my friends did. A lot of my, Some of my friends had, their parents had farms. So yeah, I've seen a lot, I've been around them a lot.
0: Yeah, and there must be a lot of, I'm assuming a lot of hunting up there as well. Yeah, I used to, I started hunting when I was I was younger. and But these last
1: years, it's just, I haven't been home that much. Just haven't had yeah.
0: time. So, I mean, I mean, hunting is not. Uh, I mean, you go out for two, three days, and when you only got a couple weeks, you want to kind of see friends and family. Yeah. So it's,
1: it's kind of time requesting.
0: Yeah, and and what are you guys hunting up there? Is it uh, primarily deer or deer, elk, yeah, and kind of ber- all kind of birds. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm okay, so. Would you say like if shit hits the fan, is that somewhere you would go back? Would yeah. You, would you stay? Would you be back in in Finland immediately?
1: Yeah. If shit hits the fan, like, they want to be able to like yeah. set something up. You need to be able to like. Get some guns on your hands if you like that. And but, mean,
0: but you could live off the land essentially there. Yeah, I mean, you could. even with your, I saw you're quite close to the sea. Yeah. So I mean, are you fishing? Is is it a fishing village as yeah, well?
1: Yeah. You, you, fishing used to be bigger there. Now it's not that big anymore. But still, like, yeah, you can fish in the waters there.
0: Well, was that due to restrictions at fishing, or why? I mean, living so close to the sea it would seem like it would still there. It would be a fishing village as well.
1: Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, we have some good fishes, but. Yeah. A lot of the fishing be restricted too. Okay. All the good fishing, but yeah, it's restricted. That's the problem.
0: Now, what is the now we were talking about a, a bit earlier? A lot of people don't realize that, it's, it's especially from your area, it's actually Swedish is the predominant language, the, your your mother tongue. Correct? Yeah,
1: Swedish is my first language.
0: And then uh, in that area, it's it's actually everybody is speaking Finnish, but it's still a smaller percentage. Or is are everybody speaking both languages? No matter
1: in my area, then it's probably like ninety percent Swedish speaking, maybe okay. eighty. But then if I go to like next city, then it's maybe 50-50. Okay,
0: border. so is that more unique to your?
1: Yeah, it's, it's usually like they're on the coastline towards Sweden. Okay, a little bit more Swedish speaking, but then when you go towards Russian, the eastern eastern border,
0: yeah, then it's yeah. And you're saying that you can take you can take a ferry from where where you live right over to Sweden. And yeah. are these ferries are they running often? I mean, I'm I'm not picturing them like you know the uh, Chalong Pier to Co-PP ferry size.
1: No, this is like a kind of big ferry because it takes a lot of cars too. Cars and cargo goes on this ferry too. Yeah, it goes once a day, so maybe sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just take that one over. That's why I used to train there a lot. New email. okay those
0: guys up there oh, and this is more of the the it's 40 minutes south yeah okay and then this is the city where you're it's it's a bigger population you said this one is about like 40 fifty thousand yeah okay interesting interesting okay um so we want to talk uh just a little bit more about about thailand and your experience here so now you, now you've made the decision to go to australia but how hard was that decision to, to decide, okay, it's time for me to leave Thailand? And when did you kind of make that decision?
1: No, I knew, I've been all, I've been trying to leave Thailand for a while now, but I always get like sucked back in. Always like, oh, I'm done with it. But there hasn't been a lot of other options. Like, I didn't really know what I, I was going to do. But, hmm. and it's not hard choosing Australia because it almost is the only option I have if I want to have like some kind of life quality. Say <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would, I could go back to Finland, but I was just I would just be slaving eight hours days and not yeah. really getting anything done for myself.
0: And what what type of work were you doing there when you went back home? When did you leave? After I left COVID? in April last year. April. Yeah. And you pretty much just came back November or Decemberish. I uh, came back in February. Yeah. Fe- oh, already my. I, I I lose track of time. Yeah. February. And, yeah,
1: and. I was a mechanic, yeah, like lawnmowers and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and, and that's just to kind of pay the bills and get it, by. And it was
1: just like to save up money, yeah, to like get back to get back to Thailand and be to have like another go at it.
0: Yeah, but now you've decided pretty quickly just to
1: yeah, because now with everything closing again here too, and and with travel restrictions that are still in order. Yeah, cause it was kind of looking good there for a while. They're gonna like,
0: it was looking good about yeah. a month ago, eh? Yeah,
1: it was looking good, but then <clears throat> shit just hit the fan again, and yeah. now I realize it could be a while before fighting. And if I leave Thailand too, I can't come back. I can't do fourteen days again. Just
0: yeah, I mean it's not cheap either. Like no. quarantine, what, what did you, you probably spent what twenty to fifty thousand baht at least?
1: <sighs> yeah, because we, we we were allowed to share a room, so. That was good. That saved a lot of money. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a lot. It's expensive.
0: Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, yeah, there's quarantine here, but it's not cheap. No. Plus flights.
1: Plus everything you need to do before, like get the COVID testing, hope yeah. it ain't cheap.
0: By the end, you're spending almost five grand US just to kind of, yeah to get in here. And then when you're here, like, this shit happens. Yeah. Then it happened pretty quick. Cause now even in Phuket, um, cause Phuket, I guess is a red zone. Yeah. Like, uh, so apparently when you're driving your motorbike, you need the mask Yeah, you do. hanging down here because if the police pull you over with it and if you don't always have the mask, at least like kind of covering you, even on the motorbike, it's like 20,000 baht fine. No. Yeah. And apparently even run, if you go for, a, I, I was doing some cross fit last night. Uh, I'm not a huge CrossFit fan, but I need to lose some weight. So, and the gyms are close anyways. Um, our our trainer was like, we had to run with the mask under our chin here. She's like, she didn't want to get in trouble. She said, just because what's happening now is there's just people looking out just to kind of make a, make a buck. Yeah. So it's a bit but you know, it's a bit sketchy.
1: When you're exercising, you don't need a mask. Oh, really? Yeah, exercise, during exercise, you don't. Even, need even if you go for a run. Yeah, public places.
0: Ah, even okay. if you
1: Exercise. That's why like beaches, if you're on a beach, I count it as like as an exercise. That's why you don't need a mask, yeah.
0: Ah, okay. We were told, and yeah, my mask at the end—I basically tossed in the garbage. It yeah, smelled fuck like shit. Yeah.
1: like you can't—you can't exercise and wear walls. It doesn't—it doesn't, it doesn't no. make any sense.
0: Like, it doesn't work at all. Yeah, it's—I don't think I—we—we we have tonight. He's going to try to go. I'll try. I'll try this yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do something because our, our our gym here closed, and we were—I uh, I was getting back into some Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu over at Sutai, and. Yeah but to start up and literally the day I'm like, all right, I'm going close finish. So So, nothing we could do. Um,
2: Glenn, uh, if you want to answer here, let's take some questions. Yes. Yes. We have a few questions from our Instagram stories here. The live is already off. So the first question is from white. Uh, He asking if you, do you condition your hair regularly? (laughs) Daily. (laughs) <laughs> daily twice a day twice <laughs> a day needs for something in it it's
0: definitely one of your friends <laughs> <laughs>
2: another question here is what type of music do you like like everything but mostly some
1: older rap hip hop R&B mm. but then man, I can crank out some Sweet Caroline too it doesn't
0: well we I saw a lot of your, your fights you come out to Johnny Cash
1: yeah Johnny Cash Yeah, I like him but it just depends on my mood like I, I like rock I like some metal
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the same for me. Yeah, it's, but mostly hip hop. Yeah, '90s hip hop. Yeah. Okay, none of this new age. No, I don't really like this new age. I don't even know what it is. I still. No. I, I don't know if I'm getting older. Like I, I still like try to convince myself. I'm like, I can't just be a crazy, you know, getting older type guy. But I, it doesn't even make sense to me. No, it doesn't. It just sounds like a, a bunch of mumble yeah. horseshit.
1: Anyways, yeah, it's nothing behind it.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you compare that to like Tribe Called Quest, I mean, Talib Kweli, Black Star, Most Def, Gang Starr, like you, there's no comparison. No, so it's some of this stuff is I don't know. I I still can't figure it out. Like what, what this younger generation? I, my my guess is honestly they're brainwashed by social media to like it. That's what I think. Yeah. I think it's a snowball effect. Someone that's popular likes it, so then I should like it, and then they all like it. But I don't think they actually like it. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways,
2: another question here is from Pablo. Is Pablo Northern Lights going to be the next big fighter in Scandinavia? From Scandinavia? Next big fighter from Scandinavia?
1: Fuck. I don't know, really. It's hard to say. Like, I haven't been scouting much now, and we're not like a lot of events happening either. Sweden got Sweden got a lot of upcoming talent. I know that, so I think the next one is next breakthrough star definitely coming from Sweden.
0: Right now is Hamza, right? But he's yeah. he's like Dagestani Swedish, yeah. Right. So was yeah. he born in Sweden? No, I think he was born in in Dagestan. Yeah. and then all this training is yeah. When you were growing, getting into MMA, was Gustafsson a big influence on you at any point?
1: No, because Gustafsson wasn't big. He was he was coming. Coming to train at the same gym I was going to in Sweden too sometimes. Like, okay, he wasn't, I think he just made it to UFC, maybe around then.
0: Because yeah, he's not that no, he's probably only three or four years older than yeah, you.
1: Yeah, because he was still fighting at just local events in Sweden. Yeah, so he wasn't he wasn't big, but the same thing for me, it comes from like just a small town too, just a counter boy. Yeah, and he made it, he made it far. I don't know if he's still planning on fighting, but man, he's too, he's kind of too good to retire.
0: Uh, he just had a couple that la, that fight with Jones. I mean, I don't know. John's at a certain level, and the last one he fought, I don't know why they, he shouldn't have took that fight with Verdoom. No. That was a stupid yeah, fight.
1: To fight. Take. And he should be able to be Verdoom, but I don't know. Like, man, get to two hundred five and like make another round for it. Like he just
0: needs uh, to get. I, he's still a top five. Yeah, he at is. least he right. Is. And, and he's light heavyweight. Yeah. Oh, he went up the he went up the heavyweight yeah. right. Yeah, and he just got, I think he got caught in a triangle or something yeah. against Verduum, And it's, you know, it's, that's not, for me personally, when that happens, like, it can happen to anyone. Yeah. So it doesn't really show your skill set if you just get caught.
1: No, and it wasn't like, I don't know if he really wanted to, like, because he had a long break there, retired for a yeah. while and came back. And I don't know, like, but I think he still got,
0: I think it was the, wrong, I don't know, maybe I don't know, but it was probably the wrong fight to take. Yeah especially Verdum and you got these, I mean, they're such veterans, right? Yeah. So. Um, we wanted to ask about, uh, your, so your experience at Tiger Muay Thai working with, um, it's actually originally I started for, I started following you way, maybe two years ago when, because I always saw you in the corner of Thai Tai to Ivasa because Ty to was really coming up until the, the junior Dos Santos fight or sorry, just, uh, the Dos Santos fight in Australia. I mean, Ty was, I think he was ranked eighth or ninth. Like he was on the verge of yeah. like becoming a top five. Yeah. Um. So I was following Ty because I was following Ty from Tiger Muay Thai. So i like to follow the Tiger Muay Thai fighters because it's close to home. That's how I originally started following you. I said, who's who's this guy in, in his corner? And I, th- I was doing some training at unit 27 because I'm, I'm friends with Joy Summers. Yeah. I know joy quite well um and I, I was like okay seeing you because you're in the corners so can you talk a little bit of that about your experience working with those guys like Ty to ivasa justin tafa and 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 the experience from the gym to the fights and kind of how that all unfolded and how you got, you became part of that team
1: I knew Ty from like i met him like some years before he yeah, come to aka then. Helping Mark, Mark out with a camp. Mark Hunt was yeah. the, at AKA. That's yeah. where I, I met all the toughers too. And that's how I got to know them. And Ty was coming out to Tiger to do his camp. And he, he wanted like some help with wrestling. And so me and Frank was going to help him. I was like like the only big guy that had to help him. And uh, okay. since I knew Ty before and we got along good. And yeah.
0: And was, do you have any funny stories about Ty? <laughs> that, that Maybe if he sees I think
1: I think... Everywhere we go like it's just fun you know when you're going on like a trip it's gonna be fun mm. and yeah it's always like and they're always like the Islanders losers the they always like look after you they always like take you in with open arms and they will like open your home, home it's for like you a know? family it's like a family so it's like it's different when you go when you go helping like they really like appreciate it and they they want to work like because they're so they're so like athletic naturally they don't look athletic none of them yeah. <laughs> but, but they're so athletic they're so strong so like they're kind of easy like to, to coach and like to teach like wrestling they pick it up
0: fast yeah and and uh, yeah so when you when you're you're his kind of wrestling uh training partner in, in the gym can you feel the difference in, in strength between like and how would you describe that between like a light heavyweight i mean you're you're middleweight yeah. Right. And and training with him is—is is he able to just toss you around? You can hold your own.
1: No, I can't. I can hold my own against heavyweights. It's, it's not about that. I'm a I'm a strong guy. It's, mm-hmm. it's not. I fall at heavyweight. Yeah. A lot of times too. So, it's not a problem like not being a heavyweight. But it's definitely like when you hit it, like when you shoot in or when you are sparring, like it's it's different power. Yeah. That's why if I would go up and fight like full time at heavyweight, I would probably got like getting knocked. For- <laughs> get knocked the fuck out because the power difference is like yeah. so different from a natural heavyweight to someone who's coming up to heavyweight but, and you're not used if you're not uh, used to yeah. it yeah and sometimes you just can't get used to it
0: yeah and yeah they have a lot more power but yeah and um, with, with, with with Ty I mean it seems like so he's got I think he's got a fight coming up next against Greg Hardy yeah which is, it's, it's good because everyone wants to see Greg Hardy get knocked out every yeah. time, it seems, in the, in this world. Um, and then it puts a lot of eyes back on him. And he just won his last fight by a knockout, yeah. which was quite impressive. So it seems, and he's young. I mean, it was. He's like 27. Now. Yeah, he's young, so he's got like the
1: future. And he's a heavyweight, so he can do it.
0: You can do that till 40. Yeah. If you want.
1: So he just got, he got the potential and he got, just had like bad momentum there for a while. With yeah. Some, with some losses, but put together a string again and like this suddenly he's top 10. It's not like that far off. He just needs two, three more wins. And,
0: yeah. And he's back and, in. And then
1: he's like up there again.
0: Yeah. Cause he was running through people up, up until, uh, he got the Dos Santos fight. Yeah. But I mean, I
1: need look at the opening and like the first round there. Like,
0: yeah, he was doing well.
1: He's doing well. Like he's yeah. getting Santos like back off. But yeah. He just got overexcited. It was a big fight too. You got the pressure.
0: Like and it's all, in australia in
1: australia like you could hear like the people it was crazy yeah
0: yeah, yeah and also it's i mean you're also fighting these crafty veterans right yeah. i mean how many hours in the cage do they have
1: yeah it was a big step up but he, he like took it it's not like
0: yeah yeah
1: he's, still, he's not looking for like the easy way to the top no. like
0: and he's yeah he's still young he can still yeah you know, there's there's tons of time and yeah. hopefully he can just flatlines Greg Hardy, which I think he will, because Greg Hardy, I, I, his last, what was his last fight? He just gassed out. I don't know what the fuck Greg Hardy's doing. Like sometimes they have like an inhalator there. <laughs> it, did it,
1: did, what else did he do? Did he
0: the last fight? He was completely gassed out. Like in the like he couldn't even breathe on the ground. And I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was like TKO by gas out or whatnot. But he shouldn't be in there. No, he's kind of. A oh no, he fight. He fought a Volk. Alexander Volkov. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He took that on short notice. I think it. Yeah, did. But he,
0: that's not the guy he should be fighting. My God. No. I mean, the UFC does it. I get it. It's to sell pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. Right? And, but then he won some fights too against some like, not cheap people. Like, yeah. So then you got like, oh, so, but he's big and
0: athletic. I don't think he can make it through a second round. No, I don't. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah so. Um, and was, sorry, we just wanted to quickly talk about some of the stuff that that we're we're doing, and it's not so much about actually. I don't. We don't even want to promote our product. It's not that. Um, it was more closely related to CTE and psilocybin, and some of the studies they're doing at Johns Hopkins. Is this becoming popular in the gyms? Is there a conversation there? People are talking about uh, how uh, psilocybin could be potentially. Beneficial for fighters and 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 to to uh, to help with uh, maybe uh, brain damage or early o- onset Alzheimer's or dementia. Is, is there a talk around the gym or with the MMA fighters about that?
1: No, I don't think people are really talking about it yet because everyone is ch- pretty like snowed in on the CBD track. Like everyone is like, mm. oh, that's the shit. But yeah, I'm not really, really that hard on that.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, CBD, do you, do you use CBD for, like, joint pain or anything like this?
1: No, I don't. I, I used it maybe then, like, 10 years ago when it was less like, it was kind of new. Yeah. But I didn't, it wasn't for me. I'm sure that it got some benefits. I'm sure it did, does, but it wasn't for me.
0: So. And a, a lot of it, Um, I mean, I'm not huge into to CBD as well, but, I mean, from my understanding like it's helping with inflammation and, and and whatnot but i mean can you not just get that through a proper diet anyways yeah like
1: all the cbd and all this stuff is not gonna like the proper diets same thing with like ct and stuff like that you want to like you want to keep a good diet which is hard after like you just have your head smashed in like yeah. you just want to eat some junk and you dieted for like god know how long yeah so you want like you want to eat some junk but you actually should be avoiding it
0: and what, what is your diet typically? Like, uh, not even in camp, just like, like at a no, camp.
1: Like normal days, just simple meat, potatoes, rice, yeah. bread, protein shakes yeah. here and there. And
0: are you, chicken, are you lot. eating a lot of shu- like, let's say processed sugars, like 7-Eleven? Do you completely like, do you have a, you know, a, a snack food that you kind of.
1: Yeah. If I, I have like snacks here and there, and when I have, I have a lot. I, I like to go like try new things that like 7-eleven for example just yeah. the worst kind of shit you can get and you yeah. just get it because it looks so
0: good <laughs> it's and, poison yeah.
1: and i just like go through a bag of that and yeah then i get up
0: all... like a pack of yeah. coca-cola gummies or yeah the best
1: <laughs> but normally yeah i stay pretty pretty healthy i still eat i can eat a lot but yeah. like i'm not i'm not hungry i, I don't go to bed hungry like no i can i can eat a lot consume a lot
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So we were, we saw the UFC is doing some recent studies. Now, obviously psilocybin, we don't sell that. We don't condone that. We we don't talk about that because it still is technically illegal. It's essentially magic mushrooms, but they're doing some studies on that now with CTE and showing that, uh, it can help, um, repair the brain because apparently, and again, this is still preliminary that, um, through neurogenesis and and what's essentially called your nerve growth factor. It's the only, let's, I don't know if I want to call it a drug or medicine or whatever to, to actually repair the brain. Um, But obviously pharmaceutical companies and whatnot, they're trying to, to keep it down, but they are doing studies now at John Hopkins with the UFC. I
1: saw, was it Ian McCall? Ian McCall? The UFC veteran, he was, he was part of that study, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've been following it a little bit.
0: Yeah, because some of it's definitely, I mean, CT, it's a real thing. It's dangerous. Yeah, I mean. and,
1: and definitely sometimes I question myself if I like, mm. if I have any symptoms, I don't know. Like, because my memory is yeah. definitely not good. Like, things like that. Like Has
0: your memory always been like that since you were, uh, like, even before?
1: Yeah, it? but now it's like, it's even, it's real bad. Like, I have a bad yeah. memory. I know that. But so I don't know it's just because I'm not listening or just because. I don't have a good memory, or because of CTE.
0: But when you were like in elementary school, did you feel your your memory? Is it yeah? It's progressively you feel it's getting worse, or
1: I used to remember like stuff that people said and things things like happened. I always remember. I had no like issue with that, but now I like forget like incidents maybe
0: or things like that. Maybe more short term memory. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's. One of the products we'll, we'll be selling, we'll be doing supplements probably in the next four or five months, but primarily in the US. But one of them, um, and a lot of people, they're not aware of it, is uh, we'll be doing uh, Lion's Mane. Yeah, I had that one from Tincture. You had the Tincture. Yeah. I think because you are one of your sponsors, the Friendly. Uh, fighter's Friend. Fighter's Friend. Because, yeah, yeah I, I came across them because I was doing some work with Eddie Farrell and, yeah. uh, and Brooke Farrell. Um, they were helping with the Muay Thai mushrooms event we did in, in, in Niharn. Um, but this stuff is supposed, uh, it's supposed to help with, with memory. Did you try it? Did you notice any difference?
1: I used, but then I wasn't really aware if I was maybe having a bad
0: memory or not. Now, like, yeah, yeah and it's, it's one of them. It's, it could be a placebo effect. Yeah. You chart, you start to tell yourself you have a bad memory and then. No, but I know I have a bad memory
1: that like, cause I actually, yeah. And I've been punching ahead a lot. Not just yeah. from fights, it's just from <clears throat> from the way of sparring too.
0: Do you do because you... yeah. a lot of MMA fighters, let's say like Max Holloway, or they're coming out and they're saying they don't spar in training camp or they don't spar at all anymore?
1: I don't spar that much anymore, especially not like that much hard sparring. Or I do like, but not the same way as before. And
0: so, so I... are you putting on the headgear when you're no, sparring? I...
1: Headgear in Thailand too is it's too hot. It's too goddamn hot. Like if you wear wow. that headgear, like you're just gonna have a a bad headache because it's too hot. I didn't even think of it so though. Yeah. Like your your head just getting dehydrated
0: using that thing. Yeah, and because you're working outside these open gyms, I mean, you probably have fans, but that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. It's Still hottest, as- especially in this rainy season. Yeah. All the humidity comes up. I mean, you're you're basically training in 100 percent humidity. <laughs>
1: yeah, feels like it.
0: Yeah, yeah but it's crazy. Yeah, but, um, yeah, some of the, they're, they're doing some tincture stuff. This, it's supposed to more, it's more to act kind of like how we would take vitamin C. Yeah, You take it to boost your immune system, but it's not like, there's no kick where it's like, okay, I felt something. It's, it's supposed to, the studies behind it, it, it's supposed to, you take it after the age of like 25 when your prefrontal cortex is fully developed. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of take it for the rest of your life. And it's supposed to reduce Alzheimer's and dementia by 60%. That's that's the, the what the studies have pro- proven. And if you have that in your family, some people start to take it. That's, that's how this whole, we, we got around this whole uh, idea of doing a mushroom brand and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, do we have any other questions from the audience? Uh, we have one more here
2: that I read before. It's about your training routine. Uh, you, do you wrestle, Muay Thai? How, how is your training routine? Right now, training routine is what my body allows me to do. Like, I'm so
1: much half injured too. So like, it's just what, like what I can do, but no, good case scenario, I would spar twice a week, I would wrestle twice a week, I would maybe box two, three times a week and some strength and conditioning on that. But right now it's, yeah, a lot of boxing because or like a lot of stand up and just going for light sparring and stuff like that just to get the body going again. And yeah, trying to get in shape.
0: Yeah, because I was listening to, I think it was one, one of your promo videos and you were saying that you would rather focus on like two to three techniques at a hundred percent then kind of spread yourself thin? Yeah. And And is that still true? Because this would have been from seven years ago. Is this, you still follow that, that protocol?
1: Yeah, and I almost like, for a long time, I just, I just focused on wrestling for a very long time and I got, I got good at it. Mm. But, I only got good at that. I didn't get good at anything else. And, I, I did, I've been doing the boxing for a long time too at Tiger. And I did that like, consistently for like, probably two years and I felt like that got a little bit better so
0: and were you were you mixing that in with Muay Thai as well or uh,
1: yeah then I always I don't really train like Muay Thai classes I go to like do pad works stuff like that
0: it's more is it kind of like a variation of like MMA Muay Thai No, I just want to hit some pads just hit some pads just hit some
1: pads yeah it it doesn't need to be everything even though you're MMA fighter everything doesn't need to be about MMA sometimes it's just about learning learning this and then you just got to, like, kind of figure it out. I've been in the game for a while now, so yeah. I kind of know what I need and don't need.
0: <laughs> so for you now, in terms of sharpening your, your skills, is there, like, one particular aspect of MMA that you, you want to just continue focusing on heavily, or what are the, the top two?
1: No, I'm too old. I'm not too old, but... You're still here. You're, you're only, what, 32? Yeah, ain't? I'm not going to change fighting style. Like, I'm going to yeah. keep fighting the same way I always fighting. I just got to get... Better at fighting that style and mm. just mixing stuff into it it's not about trying to get become a striker suddenly <laughs> it's like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna be the next israel just no no. are, are like, you
0: you're looking for the takedown
1: not necessarily i'm looking to get it to the ground but how yeah. it gets there like it's just mm. either way
0: yeah okay Awesome. Well, I think we, we've covered a lot. If you have any, if you have any questions for us, let us know. We'll uh, we can answer anything going on here. We can, we're planning to do like two, two to three podcasts a week. So you're always welcome to come back and in, 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 maybe before you leave Yeah. and we'll be doing some remote ones. So maybe we can jump on a call when you're in Australia and see where you're at there. We, we kind of want to do follow-up follow-ups with the people that come on and just see their progression and what they, we discussed here and see where they're at later and yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay, thanks so much, Glenn. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to watch the full video on YouTube, come visit our channel, Fruiting Body Podcast. We can also be found on Instagram at Fruiting Body Podcast. Please be sure to share and follow this podcast with friends and family. Thank you very much.